0: Welcome to the Midwest Angular Podcast. I'm Matt Deitch. I'm Scott Sturman. And we are here bringing you our first episode of 2019 Uh, episode number six here we go scott
1: here we go never thought we'd get to number six
0: i know i never thought we'd get to 2019 yeah seemed like a long ways away but we're finally here
1: finally here
0: doesn't really feel like it how many times have you accidentally put 2018 on things that you've had to put the date on
1: i haven't actually had to put the date on anything yet but i know i used to have a job at culligan and every single time where we uh delivered salt to somebody you had to do it and i remember i mean you you battled it the whole entire month of january well,
0: yeah usually like the first week or two you're all right because <laughs> just like you're you're subconsciously telling yourself don't put 2018 so you're make sure you put 2019 then all of a sudden about a week or two into it next thing you know all of a sudden you got a couple eights or you know you got last year's year on there and you're just kind of like
1: uh yep that's exactly right
0: yeah so big weekend of fishing this last weekend was we got got out quite a bit all of us did yeah
1: yeah it was it was good a lot of Okaboji. you hit Pajoya once yeah Uh,
0: two times two times ramsey ramsey and i hit it on friday night and had some pretty good luck Uh, and uh saturday caleb Montague and myself we went over there and again we had to move around a little bit but had some good luck over there again
1: big gills again like uh in the years past or? yeah
0: actually it was kind of well, nice thing about it was that we caught all sizes okay. we caught small ones and we caught medium ones and we caught the large ones so it was really nice to see that it you know you kind of got all those year class fish in there
1: yep that's exactly right and
0: so it's, it's coming around you know the water was a little stained again i think that rain that we had before the ice actually kind of helped that out Yep. you know usually that when that lake is really clear it's kind of a tough bite over there yep last year we saw that the year oh, before yeah. it was kind of dirtier water and we had a great bite yep. last year it was clear again
1: and that might kind of be why it it really seemed which is goofy with bluegills but uh as as the sun was going down towards the end of the night is when we could really start catching them yeah and you know a lot of times, in my experience with bluegills, it's the direct opposite. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, I guess I never really thought about it that way, but that's that's prob- could be the reason.
0: And you know, and the thing about it over there, both Friday afternoon, evening, and Saturday all day long, we were marking fish all day. No matter where we moved to, there was only a few times where I drilled a hole where I put the, the Vexlar down there and I didn't mark, and you know, there was nothing, so it was like, okay, move to the next hole, and as soon as I put it down there, there'd be some marks there, so like I said, we moved around, and finally Caleb kind of got on to a little bit better quality fish than what I had found, and so we kind of set up camp there, and you know, we did really well, and then there was another guy from town here that we know, Matt Cop. he was bringing his kids out there, so he got a hold of a got to text me and stuff like that and it's like yeah bring them on over here you know get those kids out there and on it so yep, that's that's what's fun when you're fishing
1: with numerous people that you know you know kind of everyone adventure out when somebody finds an active school you know good good size hey all right pile in guys
0: yeah and you know and that's the thing about pahoya over there we found where some of those uh christmas trees like sunken trees were at and that's where we're having a lot of luck and i know on friday night when ramsey and i went over there we had talked to you about man it seemed like we were fishing in 15 foot of water but we'd have to have our jigs at 10 foot of water for fish to come in and when that happened it was like oh okay and you know you kind of thought you you know we talking with you you were like you know maybe there's like a break line there or something like that well after drilling those holes on saturday i finally figured out what was going on they were on top of the trees they were in those trees that were just a little ways from where we were at so they could see it a little bit further away yeah that that makes sense that you know when i was saying the
1: brakes over there i know that you know you don't. sometimes you don't have to go very far and 10 foot water difference yep. in in a short short
0: little length yeah, and it, it it happens fast over there. Yeah, you're close up to the shore and where those man, man-made points are and stuff like that. You go from six, seven foot of water to all of a sudden you're down in 15 foot of water. Yep. So And that's where the fish like to congregate. So, yeah, it was nice getting over there. It's really nice when your lake that's close to home, you know, 15 minutes away is producing like that. There was a few times we went over there last year and it was just like, Ugh it was it was depressing sometimes
1: last year and, and and the weird thing is that is such an off and on like either mm-hmm. you're really on it or you're really off it and uh, that it, it's tough
0: and we had talked to a few guys that uh were having pretty good luck over there they said that they were catching pretty good like i said we marked fish all day long and it was a light bite at, pretty light bite at times you know almost needed that spring bobber to really or really really watch that rod tip and set the hook on them and you get them we had most of our luck i i we caught some on plastics and stuff but our best luck was like using the little maggots and stuff like that that hero larva and that's what i've been hearing from a lot of people and i don't know if that
1: you know with a pressure system or or what but a lot of people last weekend were saying you know that they were having better luck better luck with spikes better luck with wax worms you know the, the week before i had thought boy plastics were really the way to go and this this weekend not the not the case
0: yeah it's it's kind of funny how that you know happens that's why it's always good to have both of them in your arsenal that's right you know then we talked about it last week the nice thing about the plastics is is, you know you can get that fish unhooked you can get it back down there and you know catch more hopefully you know instead of always rebaiting and adjusting that bait on your hook but yeah it was fun over there on saturday caleb and i we kind of got after it and he brought home 3 fish cuz they were going to make some fresh fish tacos that night so it's always kind of fun he didn't bring a bucket along obviously so put them in his pocket right yep put them <laughs> in the pocket of his bibs walk out and i said it's not very often you can walk off a lake and say you got a fish full or pocket full of fish
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that's good stuff okaboji <laughs> was okaboji was good too
0: yep went over there on what was that sunday that yeah. i yeah, I went over there and you guys came over over later. We
1: came over a little bit later and yeah, you you had really good luck early in the morning.
0: Yeah, it started off a little slow. I had to move around to kind of find them, but you know, when kind of finally got to that spot, you know, I had been fishing in 13, 14 foot of water and then when you guys got there, you guys kind of set up a little ways away from me and it was about 15, 16 foot there and it seemed like that's when we kind of started getting on them. Yeah, you caught a couple nice largemouth. Yeah, that kind of was a surprise. I mean, you always have the potential to catch them over there, but the one had to be probably about 17, 18 inches. And That's fun. So that was, yeah, it was a good time through the ice. But the only problem was, I was there was nobody else around, so it's, it's, it's always hard to high-five yourself when you got a fish in your hand, <laughs> and then you got to take the selfie. Take and a everything. selfie. Let her back down the hole.
1: Yep. No, uh, really good bluegill over there. Yeah, yeah, up uh, there
0: on that triboji area.
1: Yeah, Eric went I don't remember what day that was they went new, new, new year's eve, eve. yeah yep. him and ramsey went yep. back over there yep and he was telling me yeah i'd really like to get a couple seven eight inches to you know <laughs> bring home in fillet but he said i can't i can't get any you know below eight and a half nine and he, yeah. he wanted to let those go to keep the the good fish in there and yeah that's that's a heck of a problem to have
0: <laughs> yeah it's always nice when the fish are too big to keep i mean Unless you're just over there for strictly catch and release purposes. Right. But, I mean, yeah, if you want to bring a few home for the frying pan, it's just like, man, you just keep catching those big ones, and it's, yeah, it makes it kind of tough.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to tell another Ramsey story, but <laughs> yeah, old Ramsey with another dinger at the end. He, yeah, Eric Eric called him and said, hey, time to pack up. And Ramsey said, yeah, I'm marking a fish, and called Eric back four minutes later and said, hey, I'm... I got a big one here. Yeah, yeah 20,
0: 26 inch walleye. I think I I think Eric told me his exact words were, "Hey, I think I just caught a th- I, I just caught a thirty inch walleye."
1: Well, oh, you know, up at Ponce at Ramsey, caught a twenty inch walleye. When we actually measured it, it was a sixteen inch walleye. So,
0: he'd... <laughs> and this one ended up measuring twenty six inches, which yeah. is a dang good fish. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But yeah. all of his measuring's about four inches too big. Apparently,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's most fishermen yeah yeah until you put it on the tape
1: yep yep that's all right
0: yeah so you know it's been a good bite around here i'm seeing reports that you know spirit lake everything everything it seems like is biting over there i mean good walleye bite good perch bite the crappies and the bluegills are going over there yep you know Okaboji, miller's bay i heard is pretty good emerson bay is going good i I I talked
1: to a guy and he he was on emerson and then ended up moving over to triboji but uh, a few of his buddies stayed on Emerson, and they ended up getting on a nice mess of bluegills over there too. Yeah, so. and that's
0: it's, it's nice, and I think that East is starting to finally go too. I saw some people out there yep. looking for the yellow bass and starting yep. to find a few of those, and they're starting to go a little bit. So it's it's always nice when everywhere over there is going good because it, it kind of disperses the people it can get pretty crowded over there oh yeah yeah I mean, we've
1: all been on miller's bay when there's 300 shacks out there and yeah to-
0: i mean it's just, it's hard to go anywhere with out you know when you try to get away from the crowd you just can't because you're right everybody's part of the crowd yep and uh Tri on saturday was a little bit there was a big community spot there was a lot of people there we were all on the outside edges and stuff like that but then the next day when Eric and Ramsey went over there, they said there was probably maybe twenty shacks out there.
1: it, it was pretty cold that day and pretty windy. Yeah. So and, that that might have had a little bit of effect on yeah, it. Yeah.
0: So and you know, it was probably a good thing that Ramsey did catch that big walleye before he started to take a shack down because it added a little more weight in there before he folded it down so that he didn't blow away again.
1: Yeah, west is a big lake. You you go sliding a long ways, Ramsey.
0: <laughs> the old <laughs> kite. He would've started up there in Triboji and ended up down in Browns Bay down there. <laughs> he might end up at Arnold's Park too, go on a ride. Oh man. But he did release the fish too, so that was cool. You know, that's always fun to get those big ones back down in the water. It's pretty good, pretty cool video of those guys got of him letting yep. her go back down they did in a good there. job
1: at taking a good picture
0: yeah and you know we've talked about that before how important it is i mean we got some good pictures over the weekend that's some that we're really trying to do more of when yep. we get out there
1: yeah ever you know it, it's cool to see a big pile of fish you know when you go out there and you catch a limit and you bring them home to clean it but you know the old fish pile like i said it, it's cool but when you get a nice fish and you take a nice picture of yourself and that fish really showcasing that fish that's that's yeah. cool and and try to take some unique pictures you know take a picture of it coming out of the hole you know yeah do do stuff you know besides the you know the regular old you know throw it up into the camera and say cheese you know it,
0: yeah you really put you know put the the fish up on display you know they all have unique colors that's such the, that's such a neat thing about them i mean everyone you bring up the whole, they're not the same right you know this one might have an oranger belly than this one this one might have some cool bars on the side where this one is isn't this is more of a pale colored one yep. i mean it's crazy to see like the difference between the lake pahoya bluegills and this you know the Okaboji bluegills the lake pahoya ones when you bring them up with that dirtier water and stuff like that they're kind of kind of a paler color when you bring them up yep
1: and i saw colby van beek posted a video of himself over at west Okaboji catching catching some bluegills in northern and and he commented on when he was up shallow how much different the fish looked you know brighter and more colorful when he went deeper in that dirtier water then they were a little bit paler again and yeah that's kind of neat you know Fifty and, yards can make a big difference on the color of the yeah. fish,
0: and you know, in Triboji, in that sixteen foot of water, it wasn't your normal Okaboji where you can see the bottom crystal clear at sixteen foot. We could see down probably eight foot. Yep, and then you couldn't see any. That's kind of
1: depressing. I I remember the days of Miller's Bay where you know you could you could go anywhere in Miller's Bay, you could go anywhere on West Lake Okaboji, and you know see down thirty
0: feet. And, yeah.
1: That I I don't know,
0: but I'm all right with that.
1: I don't know. I, I like
0: the little stain in water. Seems like the bite's always better when the stains in the water a little bit more. It's I, fun sight fishing them. Don't get me wrong, but
1: I'd I'd rather sight fish bluegills. I like, know you uh, would. That's
0: where that's where we disagree on yeah. on that. I I like that little tint to the water, and I just feel like they're I feel like they're like a little bit more comfortable, and they'll come in there and they'll smack that jig a little bit more where. In that crystal clear water, you really got to downsize and you really got to finesse those oh, yeah. things.
1: Dave Gens talked about that uh, on on one of the videos where I think he's with Jason Mitchell at West Okoboji. And he talks about how hard it was for him the first, t- first few times he went to West Okaboji how hard it was to catch the bluegill. He said the locals were walking out of there with pails and he said, I couldn't catch a thing. Once you realize once you figure out how to catch them makes you a better fisherman all oh, around but you definitely know, like you say downsizing jigs you know really play with your presentation you know one waxworm two waxworms you know uh, an aggressive jig not an aggressive jig you know really mess around with your presentation and those fish are if they're coming in they're gonna they're gonna bite on something yep. you just got to figure out what they're Gonna bite on you,
0: yeah. and I think I, sometimes I am guilty of this, where I'll be jigging, you know, pretty aggressively, and they'll come into it, and then all of a sudden I'll just like stop, and I, I I caught myself doing that a couple times this weekend, and I'm just like, why are you stopping? It's like keep, you know, that's what they came that's in what, there for. More, you might yeah, have to exactly. be a little bit more subtle and stuff, but don't just, you know, sometimes they want you just to stop and hold it there, and then they'll bite. But sometimes they if you're moving it that's when they'll come in there and they'll get it pretty good Yep, i'm i'm a guy that always
1: uh when i get a fish to start coming in when i see it on my vexlar i start slowly lifting my rod and that's that's always been something that i've done you know a really slow lift and and then i feel when they do hit you can really see on on your rod tip you know oh there it is and
0: And then that's a—it's so important to watch that rod tip. Oh yeah, it's such a light bite over there sometimes that you you miss a lot of them. If you're waiting to feel that bite, you're gonna miss a ton of fish.
1: Yep, we had
0: we had my kids over to West Okoboji this weekend, and
1: it was uh, I I started off with both of them in my shack. After a little while, you took Grady in your shack, and I had Aubrey in my shack, and trying to coach them through, you know, watching the vexlar, you know. When when you see that fish coming in and there's no separation between your jig and the and the fish anymore, to to then focus your attention on that rod tip. And you know, I'm telling Aubrey, start lifting, start lifting real slow. And it, it's hard, it's really hard yeah, to yeah, coach I... to coach a young, you know, somebody inexperienced. You know, they they've they've ice fished before, but they're not. You know, they they need some coaching yet. No, they'll only get better, whatever. But you know yeah then I I took the pole one time dropped it down there marked a fish and yeah 20 seconds later I had a bluegill up on the top of the ice and they're like well geez how'd you do that it's like all right I'm gonna try to show you here yep. and, and both of them ended up catching some good fish that, that was yep, fun and they to had see. a lot
0: of fun oh yeah I mean it was it's always a good time out there with those guys and it was fun to have Grady come and sit in the shack with me there was a couple times him and I were just you know yakking away like him and i like to do with each other we're telling stories singing songs and all this stuff and i'm watching the vexlar, and he's over there jigging and pretty soon i'm like you can catch that fish or not because it's whole pulling on your rod there yep. it's like oh and he's like oh, oh yeah 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 and but I, what i was really impressed with is i got that video of that one of him catching it and he caught it you know landed it took the jig out of its mouth himself and everything like that held it for the picture and released it did it all himself and that's to me is that's that's awesome yep. i mean that's pretty cool and, and i asked i even asked him i was like do you, you need any help getting the jig out of his mouth he's like no i got it him and so, him and aubrey both have had quite a bit of practice
1: off the dock yep. over there at okaboji they they catch their fair share of bluegills and yellow bass early in the year over there and you know yeah they they're they're getting good at taking the hooks out and
0: and, and, you know i think that's kind of a, a testament to you and it's always good when people i always stress this to people you know it's important to take kids fishing but when you take them fishing teach them yep you know teach them something don't you know don't just be like i think some people just a lot of people unfortunately just take kids along fishing with them sometimes so that they can get an extra limit of fish yep and they count and they concentrate on their fishing more than their kids fishing and they get frustrated with their kid and they yell at them and all this stuff because the kid got a tangled or he was snagged now i got to stop my fishing for this stuff and then what happens the kid's like well i don't this isn't any fun i don't want to do this right whereas you know it's it's great it's awesome when you're teaching them about that stuff you know okay now when you're going to pull it when you're going to grab onto this fish okay here's their dorsal fins here's where you know you don't want to grab them that's where you could get stuck and everything like this you kind of slowly grab the fish here and you know get that hook out and you know handle it with care of the fish and all that stuff and i I think that's where it's important to teach kids those type of things yep
1: and and to being able to identify fish
0: yeah yep you can lip
1: a largemouth. no you better not (laughs) lip a walleye yeah
0: yeah (laughs) You know, there's some crazy guys out there that will, but no, you don't want to do that. No, not not, not me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, why are we fishing here? Okay, this is this is kind of why we're fishing here. This is kind of what the fish are doing. They're you know, this is a travel area. You know, some of them are out deep. They'll come up onto this shelf, and you know, and that way those kids are like, oh, okay, they understand it, and yep, and fishing off a dock,
1: you know, on my parents' dock. Knowing where to fish off that dock, you know, it seems like those bluegills are really in the shade a lot, mm-hmm. going underneath the boat, going underneath the dock, not casting out a mile, you know, just, uh, just to be cast and knowing where to fish, how to yep. fish it and what to fish with. And yeah, yeah my, yeah. my kids are, you know, especially with jigging sp- because I jig a lot. That's, yeah, that's the type of fishing they, they end up doing, but
0: yeah so I mean, yeah, that's and that was a kind of a another topic that we're gonna discuss tonight it, it is it's so important to get those kids out there fishing. you know, it's they are the they are the future of our sport, and it's becoming more popular with kids. you know are the numbers seem like they're declining. But I think it's becoming more popular Definitely. if it makes sense. You know, yep. if that makes sense, people are like well, if it's becoming more popular, why are the numbers going down? I think the reason, my personal feelings, I think the numbers are going down, is because of the adults and the people our age aren't taking the kids out. Yep,
1: now that that could very easily be. I think, uh, I think here in the last few years we've really seen. I don't know if this is the right word, but the country lifestyle has really become more popular you see a lot more younger people you know wearing cowboy boots and camo you know getting Mm -hmm. into hunting getting into fishing and 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 that's good you know i don't know if it's country music i'm not sure what it is but whatever it is that's getting them involved i think i think anybody who has any sort of interest in fishing if you can get out there and have one good day on the water yep you're gonna get hooked
0: yeah and you know another thing that kids have at their disposal now is you know the internet oh yeah they can find tons of information on there i mean everybody does it we do it you go onto youtube you search some stuff and how to do this technique and you go out there and you try it out and kids are there's the resources for them are out there on the local facebook or the facebook pages you know of,
1: of the you know, Northwest Iowa ice fishing, you know, South Dakota ice fishermen, you know, the, the information's out there, you know, you're going to get some people that, you know, go out there and try it yourself. But, yeah. you know, a lot of times, you know, if somebody asks, you know, well, how's the bite here or, you know, whatever, you're, you're going to get one decent person that says, Hey, yeah, this yeah, is where nice. I was. This is, you know, this is what I was doing. Yep. And we've talked about that too. It, it It's always seemed like to me that the best fishermen are the ones that are the most eager to teach new people. You know, it's it's the people that still think that they got to prove something that are go go try it yourself. Yeah, you know?
0: this is my spot. Don't no no no. Yeah, this yeah I'm better than you and yep. all that stuff. And we've you know when we've gone to some of these shows, you can tell the guys that are genuine and the guys that aren't. I mean, the oh, guys yeah. that will sit there and talk to you and tell you about like where they're where they normally fish and i mean you don't expect them to give you their secrets but right they'll be open about it and they'll they're excited about you showing interest in what they do right i mean you know you can tell someone the lake and you
1: can even tell someone what you're using without you know you don't have to say you know i was on triboji 16 foot of water using the custom jigs and spins black check eye jig with wax worms you know you can you know you can have a conversation Tell somebody how you're doing it without totally being their guide.
0: Yeah, yeah, without giving them the GPS coordinates. Here, here's exactly. my GPS coordinates. If you can't catch fish out there, then you're not a good fisherman. Right. You know, it's like, so, yeah, it is, you know, and another thing with, like, getting the kids involved and stuff now is it's it just how, how busy they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to make time to get the kids out there. Practices, and, games, churches. I, you know, as a coach myself, I... Those kids have got to have a balance. They've got to have time away from that sport, and we've we've got to be able to allow that. I, th- I think that some parents sometimes think, oh, man, you know, it's the off season right now, but they got workouts or they got this camp going on, and if my kid misses the day, they're going to be so far behind. No, they're not. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to be. From a coach, they're they're bring them out there. They're going to get more out of you know going on that fishing vacation, whatever you're doing, than being there upset because oh man, I would have liked to been going on there. I think too much now parents schedule their lives around their kids' schedule. Where when I was growing up, our schedule had to be scheduled around our parents' you know their work schedule and stuff like that. And I think we need. I really think that we need to get back to a little bit of that. Uh, I think about some people. Um, Eric Stave, He had two boys that played football for many years here at the school. But like that first week of June, they always went to Canada for a week for fishing. Lucky and it, dogs. Yeah, and I, that was awesome yep it's like you need to do that stuff those are memories you're making for a lifetime and those kids are doing that and they're going to be able to you know probably pass that down to their kids someday if they plan on having them or they're going to keep continuing to do that trip i mean those things are important to do definitely and and don't be afraid to take advantage of a half day you don't always have yeah, to you, know,
1: you don't always have to devote a whole entire day or a whole entire weekend to a fishing trip you know poncet Okaboji, you know, a lot of these bodies of water, you can take off, you know, decently early in the morning, get over there at a decent time, fish for four or five hours you know not even 2 2 hours
0: that's what uh, we did on saturday right
1: we had my kids over there 2 hours you know i figured sooner or later they're going to have to go to the bathroom sooner or later their their feet are going to get cold and we they're turned they're going to r- get hungry right yep big Aunt.
0: tasty was starting to get a little hungry me too probably <laughs> he was asking so uh <laughs> this is all fun and games and stuff but uh where are we going to have lunch at <laughs> yeah.
1: no but you know take take advantage you know even just to get your kid out for 1 hour 2 hours that's that's way better than, you know, sitting
0: at home. You can make a lot of memories in one hour. Oh, definitely the smile. They're going to I look at it this way. They're going to remember that big fish that they caught or they had on. Even the little fish. Even the little fish. They're going to remember that something that happened maybe they fell into the water maybe they we were fishing we saw a mink i've never seen a mink before we were sitting there and the thing came running right by us it was running around in the rocks they're going to remember that more than uh our practice of you know i had an hour of basketball practice today and i you know we were going to go fishing but i had to be here for this and you know when they're young like that get them out there because eventually when they get to high school and stuff like that they're going to be so busy you're not going to have that time and sometimes just too cool to fish too cool yeah to hunt. i think everybody kind of goes through that that period that time in their lives friends where, are more important than yep. going fishing with
1: dad and whatever but you know if, if you can teach them at a young age how to do it might be that you know them and their friends will go will go fishing That's It's a lot better than some of the other stuff that they could be doing. Well,
0: exactly right. And especially if you live in an area where you have a lot of access to a lot of lakes where they might be able to ride their bikes down there or it's, a situation where a parent might drop them off and say okay i'll come back in a couple hours and pick you up you know just stay in this area the nice thing now is that they all have cell phones so if something does happen they can get a hold of their parents and stuff like that yep i mean it's always pretty cool to see kids riding around in town here on their bicycles with uh fishing rods oh yeah i've seen a couple they got the backpacks on with the fishing rods and the backpacks riding down there and i think that is just it's so cool to see that i have that in school today a prime example is today I teach TK through 6th grade PE, and every single class I had today, I told or asked somebody, and they asked and talked to me about ice fishing. Yep. I mean, I think, you know, I have a, a cousin that's in 4th grade, and the kid's a fishaholic. I mean, he loves fishing, and I I, know think, who that's, you're talking about. I think that's so cool. This summer, I was down at the river one day fishing, and him and his second grade buddy were down there. They both got bait casters, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to, watching these two with bait, I mean, these guys, I know some adults that can't cast a bait cast, and these two are just whizzing those things like pros. Here's a second grader and a fourth grader just going, and they're cranking, and they're going, and pretty soon all of a sudden i look over and they're hooting and hollering and the one's got about a 17 inch small mouth and uh, they i mean i was like this is so cool that's a summer day right there yep i mean so and i mean don't they weren't just down there by themselves as second and fourth graders his grandma was down there watching them she brings them down there all the time because they, they know they enjoy the fish and they know that he loves to do it i mean he sits there I can remember bringing my tackle box over to my grandma's house when he was there and we'd sit there and he'd, Oh yeah. You know, that crankbait, you know, this is what you use that for that jerkbait and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. It's like, and I think sometimes like when that happens, you know, sometimes when they get to school, I think it's important for teachers to try to relate to them with that. Sometimes if they have a really big passion and interest in that, don't sit there and be like, Oh, don't be talking about that. Let them talk about that stuff.
1: Right. And that's, you know, it's something constructive. It it might not be, yep. it might
0: not be math, but it's. But it could be. Yep. I mean, look at yeah. I guarantee if I you know I was terrible at math. I hated math, but fractions. If they would have got sinkers out and done fractions with sinkers, I probably would have been a little bit better on fractions and weights and ounces. Like oh, quarter ounce, half ounce, okay, three eighths. Where's this three sixteenths and all this stuff? I've been like, oh, okay, well this makes sense. This is kind of interesting. I need you know. It, little things like that can make a big difference Yep, we're seeing a lot of the fishing companies and and fishing
1: tournaments focus a lot more on the kids too yeah
0: yeah we are what what were you talking about ice team
1: the... junior ice team uh yep. clam has a junior ice team now uh, you know i think some 10 12 year old you know junior ice team pros or whatever but you know that type of stuff on social media on youtube and whatnot some kids on there see some other kid, you know, doing good, you know, running a VXR or whatever. If that sparks their interest, you know, for them to possibly belong to a team or, or you know, s- just stuff like that. Hopefully, that sparks a little bit more interest. And Clam is Clam is making coats now, you know. Yeah, youth size. ice, ice armor, ice youth, youth, and and maybe they have been for a while. But you know, I I think a lot of these companies are starting to realize the youths are the
0: future and and they're going to have to start catering to them yeah you like you said you see a lot of companies starting to have junior staffs and everything like that and uh you know some of these kids if you watch some of the youtube videos and some of the stuff they put out they're good oh yeah they'd outfish me Growing up, you know, we'd watch the hunting and the fishing shows on TV, and it'd be like, "Uh, you're never gonna be able to do that. There's, there's no job. There's no future, and like that and stuff like that. There's only a few handful of people that are gonna be able to have their own show, be able to like work for this company. Now, I mean, you can take about any degree and use it towards." Like the fishing or the hunting industry, the outdoor industry, I should say. Yep, especially with the internet,
1: you know, that just made everything so, so much bigger.
0: I mean, if you're in the, if you love like videoing and you love fishing, well, start taking classes on like video editing, how to, you know, take these videos and all this stuff. And you never know where it could lead. All of a sudden you could be getting calls from these big TV shows, these big companies to come in there and film commercials for them, you know, do shoots and stuff like that. So, I mean. And the technology, you know, look at some
1: of the stuff that Garmin, you know, is putting out, you know, if you're a, if you're a computer guy, you know, good with technology in that aspect, but you also like to fish. There, there could be a future for you yeah. developing this new stuff. Oh, and,
0: I mean, look at even right here over at Spirit Lake at Pure Fishing, or I don't know if it's Pure Fishing anymore. It seems like it got sold recently yeah, or I something think, like that. But like the Berkeley mean. and all that. Yep. I mean, they got all these engineers that work for them. Yep to design baits and the, i mean it's not just like I, don't, I think some people in their mind think oh don't you just sit down you draw a picture of a bait and you're just like oh okay and then just stick a bill on it and there you go you got a crankbait well no there's all kinds of different little aspects that come into that
1: fishing i, I was actually just reading an article yesterday fishing is the second biggest most popular outdoor activity next to just plain running yeah but, I mean, that's that's there's billions of dollars out there in the fishing industry. You know, you just got to find your niche and and
0: get in on it. And, you know, and the popularity of the, the fishing teams, high school fishing team, a lot of states are starting to sanction that. It's starting to become a sanctioned sport in states. College, fishing college teams, bass fishing yep, teams. Yep, college teams are starting to come. There's some colleges that are actually giving scholarships for it now. So I mean it's a it's a great way to be out there. There's leagues during the summer, you know, like these high school leagues where they get together and, you know, they got a team from this town and a team from that town. They're gonna fish at this lake and, you yep. Know. You want to touch
1: base on that Lake Pahoya deal? I think you got an email. About yeah i th-
0: I, mean, I don't know if it's 100- just to go local here. Yeah, right I up. don't know if it's a hundred percent set in stone yet. Like I think they're thinking about it, but uh january 12th i think it was is they're they're looking to do like they always have like a youth tournament every year but i think this year they're kind of maybe wanting to kind of gear it toward like more of a youth fishing clinic which i think is a good idea we were just we were talking about that before we started recording um compared to a tournament i think sometimes when you get into like a youth tournament i think a parent Sometimes it gets a little, feels a little pressure. Like we gotta catch fish, we gotta catch fish, and it's not fun for the kid. Whereas I think it's a great idea to have something like a clinic where if you could get a few people to come in. And talk about things and show kids how to do that and we're all working together to try to catch this fish. Right. I mean, I think we saw it the other I mean, look at the other day when we were fishing. When Aubrey would catch a fish, Grady was pumped up that we were all pumped up that she caught it. When Grady caught the fish, it wasn't like, Oh, he caught a fish. That's no fair. Oh, you know, everybody was oh that's awesome, you know, we caught a fish and stuff. Yeah, I got a feeling they were secretly kind of Well, there's always that internal, you know, that competition. I mean we have it in amongst us, you know, like when, when you you oh i caught another fish oh I got, okay he can shut up now otherwise i need to start catching some fish here too but yep. yeah so i think that's kind of what they got planned over there
1: when you know if you don't have all the equipment i think they have yeah they, they usually you.
0: have equipment that they drill holes you don't all you got to do is you know have some warm clothes for your kids to have them on out there i think they're going to do it kind of in an afternoon towards the evening because that's when the bite usually is really good in there is that four o'clock range and i think Emily Ostrander, our um, she naturalist, worked, our natu- naturalist. county naturalist here in Lyon County, was in her email said that they were going to try to do like a clinic from like three to five or something like okay. that. And hopefully that gets, hopefully that's what they do. And uh, it, it's going to be great. We went over to the tournament last year. They always have a big drawing in their building there. A
1: lot of, lot of
0: free stuff for, for the, the kids the kids and stuff so if you have the opportunity to do that get over there bring the kids out there it'll be a good time it yep. always is she makes it fun for them oh yeah
1: definitely yep even if even if you don't know what you're doing even if you don't have the equipment they have the equipment
0: the bait is all donated Yep. It, it's, it's worth your time. And I don't know if one of the... Usually, like, well, they have all the people that work for the conservation board that are over yeah, there I usually think, helping with it. I, I think don't her know. husband helps. Yep. And- I don't know if there's any, like, of the see the conservation officers kind of go over there so yep I, it's, I think it's going to be a great thing hopefully everybody like i said i'm not we're not going to be able to they nope. asked us if we'd help out i'm going to be up in the cities that weekend you're going to be gone
1: i'm going to be gone on my honeymoon next weekend i don't think that we will be having an episode next week nope. It'll
0: probably be about
1: nine ten days uh i'll be down in the caribbean on a boat that I don't think I'll be fishing on, but you don't think you could
0: bring a trolling rod along some lead core? I mean, I won't say that I won't do it, but <laughs> Fish, hey, Captain, you <laughs> yeah. think we could turn it down a couple knots Get here? We're trolling a little fast. We're trolling a little fast here. Nope. I mean, you guys care if I throw a couple planer boards out the side?
1: <laughs> nope. What? No. Check out this. Check out this new episode. We're recording it now. We'll be on YouTube. Yeah, see how it. The actual video will be on YouTube, not yeah. just the audio.
0: Yeah, hopefully, I mean, you guys finally get to see our good-looking faces in action. Hopefully, we don't scare anybody away.
1: Yeah. Oh, these guys are way uglier than what I thought. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but they can fish.
1: Yeah, that's right. So. All, all right.
0: right, well, here we go, 2019. It's been a fun ride so far. Keep continuing to listen and now watch us.
1: Now watch us. All right, tight lines.